You are listening to the official podcast of Refuge, where we believe all people matter to God. Well, as we look at Daniel, we understand that Daniel was a man of vision. And from his youth, he served the purpose of God for his life. He had purpose in his heart to really live his life, to honor God, to stand up for what was right, to stand up for what he believed, and to make a difference where he was at. See, you and I are carriers of vision. In fact, uh, it's what motivates us. It's what moves us. It's what us, inspires us. Because without a vision, the Bible says, the people perish. They're unrestrained. They have no real direction. And I believe as a church and as individuals, God wants us to live with direction and purpose in our lives. And so we want to share uh, with you a few things this morning that can help inspire you and help you understand what our vision is as we look forward to this year. And we understand that Daniel, in his life, his life portrays such an amazing, timeless example of great faith, great courage, and perseverance in the midst of challenging times. We're living in challenging times, and he was able to live in a way to honor God in a culture that dishonored God. And, and we see his courage, whether it was in the lion's den or standing before kings and really standing up for what he believed. And we understand even in the lion's den, if you weren't here last week, we learned that trust and faith in God is our only option. That was Daniel's only option to trust God in the midst of that den of lions. In fact, he had a conviction that God's will preceded everything. So he wasn't willing to compromise the will of God to escape a night with the lions. And so he faced that challenge when he put his trust in God. And this is a day in an hour that you and I need to trust God like no other because of the uncertainty of, of the future. And yet God's vision gives us a hope for the future. Our theme verse for this month, and as I've been looking at this, I really felt that this is really a theme verse for the year 2017. We see it in Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. And the second part of this verse we've been reading and sharing this month from the New King James Version reads, The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. The people who know their God. Do you know your God? Well, if that's the case, strength will come. It will follow, and you'll be able to carry out and do great things. And the English Standard Version, and the entire verse, I want to read that to you, reads this way. He shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant, but the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. Wow. So I, I, I told you and I promised you at the beginning of the month that we're going to explain this verse in its entirety. It's important to know that this scripture is actually a prophecy which was fulfilled in the time of Judas Maccabeus. He had a small band of men, this guy, this Judas guy, which were dedicated fully to God. And they attacked and defeated the superior forces of Antichrist Ephemenes over and over again. And this was actually during that silent 400 years from the, from the book of Malachi until uh, the book of, of uh, Matthew in the Gospels. And so each 
battle, before each battle, he would encourage his men to be willing to give their lives for God. And the exploits of these men became legendary. They were able to accomplish much and baffle the minds of the people of that day. So Daniel 11.32 refers to knowing God in a personal and intimate way through prayer, through daily conversation. That's what really prayer is all about. And seeking his advice and his counsel on making major decisions for your life. And so this statement we see in Daniel 11.32 is a statement that we can relate to and connect to today. The people that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. And it's knowing that there are those forces that are trying to draw us away from the covenant that we have with Christ in God. And so we want to take a moment and pray. Father, as we join our faith together, we humble ourselves before you and we thank you for the word that you've given us today. Help us to know you at a deeper level to grow stronger in our faith and to take action, to be able to carry out great exploits for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. See, the outcome of knowing God is that you will be strong and you'll be able to accomplish great things in this life. Now, I don't know about you. I, I believe that inside of you is a desire to do something great. I don't believe I'm standing before mediocre people that just want to live an average, run-of-the-mill, boring, dull life. There's something inside of you that wants to do something great. And when, when you connect with God and his vision, that's why that desire is there because God wants you to do something great for him. And, and I believe that we have amazing opportunity before us And it's not so much because you're great, but it's because the God we serve is great. And he makes us great so that we can accomplish great things for him. Now, to better understand the context of Daniel 11.32, it's important to understand that there are forces and influences that are driving people away from covenant relationship with Christ. See, I, I believe those that have experienced a genuine encounter with Christ they actually long to move in a greater anointing to be able to have a greater revelation and understanding of what his purpose is for their life. See, I don't live my life to just decide what I want to do. I consult with the Lord to really seek his heart and his direction for my life. And I recommend that for all of us. You know, you say, well, you're a pastor. You ought to do that. Well, Right. But every believer should be seeking God's directive and direction for their life because he has a plan and he has a purpose for you. And and I believe his plan is the best plan. Amen? It, It really is. It's the best plan. William Carey, a British Christian missionary who lived from 1761 to 1834, once said, he made this statement, expect great things from God attempt great things for God. And I believe that rings true with what we're talking about today. 
And, and you might say, well, what is covenant relationship? And in Daniel 11:32, we see that this king or this leader was trying to flatter people in a way to get them to get their eyes off focus of their relationship with God, to not trust in God, to look to other elements to put their faith and trust in. But it's understanding that covenant relationship is really knowing God and walking in his ways. It's knowing that in him, all things are possible and nothing is impossible with him. It's, it's really understanding that a covenant relationship will release you into a deeper and more powerful walk with God. See, men of faith, women of faith are men and women of action. They don't sit still. They don't sit idle. They get involved. They're engaged. And I believe the church that God is raising up in this hour is a church that's engaged. It's not just people coming and attending, but it's coming and becoming involved. See, this is not a, this is not a spectator sport. It's a participant sport. When, and not that I'm aligning it to a sport, but how many of you guys and gals can relate to sports? And, and, you know, you see there's a whole lot more people in the grandstands than that are on the field. But in the church, in the kingdom, it's reversed. God wants us all on the playing field. He wants us all involved, all engaged in what is being accomplished in facing the enemy or the adversary or the opposition. And so it's important to be men and women of action. When you know God in covenant relationship, you rise up with a newfound faith, with a fresh enthusiasm, inspired and impacted by the very hand of God and by his word to be able to do great exploits for him. So what do we learn about vision from the book of Daniel? Well, number one, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Daniel had a vision of the future world. Daniel had a vision of the future world. See, God wants you to have a vision of the future world. See, Daniel had five visions, major visions in his lifetime. And the five visions of Daniel are by far some of the most comprehensive and detailed prophecies that we'll find in the Old Testament concerning future events, which many of those events have already been fulfilled, but yet, Some are yet to be fulfilled in last days, which would also be our future. And so that's pretty significant. We see in Daniel chapter 8, verse 17, it says, So he came near where I stood, and when he came to me, this was the angel, Gabriel, I believe, I was frightened and fell on my face, but he said to me, Understand, O son of man, that the vision is for the time of the end. Now, it's understanding that God knows the end from the beginning. But if you're walking with God, in fact, in in the Gospel of John, chapter 16, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit, the Scripture says, is that he will show us of things to come. He will give us a glimpse. He'll give us insight so that we are not taken by surprise. And so we see here that this word from to Daniel was that this vision is for the time of the end. God has vision in these last days for us. Now, we understand that vision always speaks of future. Vision is the ability to see things as they should be, as they could be. 
God has placed within each person a vision, I believe, that is designed to give purpose and meaning to life. How many people are longing for purpose and meaning to their life? How many people are frustrated because they don't know the meaning or the purpose of their life? Well, we can find that in God when when he gives us vision. Now, in fact, having a vital connection to a local church is a place of discovery of vision. And as a pastor, one of one of our goals and desires is for people to come and have an encounter with Jesus Christ. And God can, within that encounter, begin to show them the purpose and the destiny that he has for their life. So it's a place of discovery, a place of discerning, so we can push back the frustration of, what am I supposed to do with my life? Who am I supposed to be? What am, what am I to become? And especially among young people, I know I struggle with that. Even in high school, as I was nearing graduation, thinking, what am I going to do with my life? You know, I had certain desires, and, and part of it I was thinking, well, I'm going to probably end up on the farm, take over the farm from my dad, and I'll probably live the rest of my life shoveling manure and milking cows and all that stuff, and, which I, I could have done that, and I was willing to do that, but... And I don't demean that in any way or any terms, but I know that God had something else. He had another plan. And how often are we willing to accept something less than the best that he has for us? Go after his best for your life. Amen? All right. So vision is foresight with insight based on hindsight. I like that one. Vision is not our private view of the future, but the view of our future inspired by God. Our vision is defined in, in Webster's 18.8 version of the dictionary as the act of seeing. In scripture, it notes a revelation from God, an appearance or exhibition of something supernaturally presented to the mind's of the prophets or the minds of God's people. See, vision is the ability to know God's plan and his purpose, to perceive God's power, to be able to focus on God's plan in spite of whatever obstacles you face. So number two, the second thing that we can see as we look at uh, vision, what do we learn about vision from the book of Daniel? Number two is God gave Daniel understanding of the visions that he saw. It wasn't just having the vision, but it was able to understand that vision. And in chapter 9, verse 23, the scripture reads, At the, at the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out, and I've come to tell you, tell it to you. For you are greatly loved. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. God wants you to understand the vision for your life. See, some are blinded to vision. Some are short-sighted to vision. And we see in chapter 7 of Daniel, chapter 10, verse 7, I should say Daniel, chapter 10, verse 7. Daniel is, is making this statement. He says, and I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision 
But a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. Sometimes the vision can be so enormous, it's like it wipes us out. It's like, how can this ever be fulfilled? How can this vision be carried out? It just seems too big, but yet it's not bigger than God. The vision's going to be bigger than you, but it won't be bigger than God. But it was frustrating for Daniel to have people around him that were probably his close friends that could not see or perceive the vision with him. Because it's hard to carry vision alone. And as the pastor of this church, you know, God has given me the vision, but I cannot carry this vision alone. And that's why he's brought so many wonderful people like you, so that together we can fulfill the vision God has given us to impact our community, to reach a lost and a dying world. You know, we're planning a trip to Africa this year. I'd love for you to come with me. I'd love for you to see the other side of the world. It's, it's amazing. Your life will be changed forever. But whatever we do, whether it's in our community, whether it's outside these four walls, whether it's serving families through the child care center, through the Christian school, within the community, whatever it is, there's room for involvement, to be connected, to be a part of what God is doing. See, God never ex- excludes anyone from his vision. In fact, even the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where it's talking about the dynamic of the body of Christ, it says the head, who is Christ, cannot say to the toe, I don't need you. The head, Jesus Christ, cannot say to any member of the body, I have no need of you. He needs every member engaged and involved in his body. Amen? All right. So, uh, number three. As we understand vision, what do we learn about vision from the book of Daniel number three? A vision gives us a picture or insight to the future that gives us purpose. I'll share that again. A vision gives us a picture or insight to the future that gives us purpose. I love the verse we see in Proverbs 29, 18. It says, where there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint but blessed is he who keeps the law. Now, other translations tell us that where there's no vision, the people perish. They, they have nothing really to live for. They're going to just eventually die. But vision gives us something to live for. See, understanding vision, to have a vision is to have a future. It is to have a direction and the purpose in life. It means to have insight to what's coming ahead of you. See, a person without a vision is a person without a future. Vision will take you somewhere. I said vision will take you somewhere. Vision can involve a career. It can involve family goals, ministry goals. But vision for the Christian always includes God and people. I want to talk a little bit in the the minutes and moments we have remaining because we're going to actually let you out a little bit early today so you can uh, visit the tables. Because our desire and part of our vision is for every member of Refuge, everyone that attends Refuge, to be connected to one of the small groups. Because there's so much amazing interaction that takes place. The building of meaningful relationships that takes place. And the ability to share your heart and to get to know others and others to get to know you. It's really 
a wonderful thing. And I'm going to throw this out as long as I'm thinking about it. I was challenged a couple of years ago. We had gone down to Florida to visit Daniel. He's on staff at um, in Bradington at Bayside Community Church, which is a church that's a multi-campus church. They have over 15,000 members. And we met with some of the leadership and the leader of the small groups. The first thing they said was, you need to determine if your church is going to be a church with small groups or a church of small groups. And I thought about that very seriously. And as we were praying, we came to the conclusion that Refuge needs to be a church of small groups, that that will be the dynamic of what this church is all about. It's more than what happens just on Sunday mornings in our gatherings, but it's what's happening throughout the week in the small groups. That's the church at work, amen? And reaching families, and and whether it's a home setting, whether it's uh, some other meeting place, the church at work throughout the community all week long. So having vision is important for any organization to be effective. And, and our vision statement, and you've probably heard this, you hear it in video announcements from time to time, but at Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Several years ago, God gave this to us. This is a place where we grow while finding authentic hope, purpose, and love through Jesus. So we're a church that reaches inward, discovering wholeness in our relationship with Jesus Christ so that we can reach outward. Refuge is outward focused in its vision to impact this community and beyond. It really is. Our mission, our mission is is important as well. Our mission is just as important as vision because it describes what we do to carry out the vision that we have. And so our mission statement, I'm going to share that with you as well. We are a place that welcomes all people, equipping them to grow in their faith through God's word. We create engaging environments where people discover their purpose, resulting in a life-changing encounter with Jesus. We take his message of love and hope to our community and beyond. And then we have some core values. And core values are interesting. Every successful organization needs to have some core values because core values basically explains how we operate and deal with one another within the organization, or in this case, within the church, as well as dealing with those outside of the church as we minister to a community. And so at Refuge, we have 12 of them. Every event, every ministry, every outreach of refuge is based on at least one of the core values that we have. We are people, and I begin to list these. Number one, we are people who cannot be broken. Why? Because we rely on God for his strength. We are a family that will always forgive. We walk in the love of God. We don't hold or harbor bitterness or resentment. We are peacemakers in a world at war. We're not trying to start wars. We're trying to bring peace and an and, and end to the conflict. We are a body that when damaged will heal because we know the healer. We are a safe place for the poor and for the rich. We are a haven for those who are tired. Some people are just tired. They're worn out and they need a place of rest and refreshment. We are a friend who will never grow weary. We are enablers for those who seek truth. 
we are a journey that never grows old. Just hang with us. We're going somewhere. It's going to be fun. Uh, you know, our son, Nathan, he always used that. We're going to have fun. This is going to be fun. You ask him, was it a good service? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. God's not against fun, okay? <laughs> Mark that down. And so we are servants who love without an agenda. Some people always put, okay, we'll do this if. No, there's no agenda. We're going to just love people. We are in awe of the one true God. And then finally, number 12 is we are a refuge. A refuge is a safe place in a troubled world. And at refuge, active involvement is something that's encouraged. Because we know that God has placed unique gifts in in each of us. And those gifts, God wants to grow and develop in us. And we have opportunities to get involved, to serve, to, to be blessed and be a blessing to share our talents, our resources, and and the giftings that God has given us. Some of the things that we understand is is that this year as we look ahead, we're going to continue to develop small groups that connect, minister, and build up people. The goal is that everyone, as I said, is attending a small group at Refuge. Those attending Refuge will be connected to a small group. This month coming up, February, we're so excited. The focus is on relationships. And so Gary McIntosh and uh, his wife Debbie will be here the last week of the month of February, and we're going to be doing uh, a session all day Saturday uh, for singles. There'll be a breakout session for singles, married people, but it's all going to be focused on building meaningful and healthy relationships. And so the, the month of February is dedicated to, to building healthy and meaningful relationships Uh, We are actually starting a young adult service on Sunday night, once a month. They'll be meeting right here. Worship will will be amazing. It will be amazing what God will do. This young adult small group has grown to the point now that we have to do something beyond just being a small group. And so this is part of our vision to really impact the university. We want to see a greater attendance on that service than what we have on Sunday mornings. Filled with young people. Amen? So, we're going to be scheduling a community furniture giveaway, and that is so much fun. We've had hotels donate the furniture as they're replacing the furniture, and to see the thrill and the joy of being able to bless people and not charge them a dime. Sometimes they want to pay, say, no. We, we can't accept it. You, you, this is our gift to you, to bless you. And, and what a blessing that's been, and to be a part of that. You can be a part of that. And then something new for 2017. If, if you want something new, you need to get rid of something that's old. And I believe that this year, we're going to be seeking God's presence and experiencing this presence and power like no other time before. And so I, I'm just excited and thrilled, and I could go on, but, but we, we need to wrap this up this morning because I made a promise we're going to let you out a little early, okay? i got to be a man of my word, all right? So now I want to share this final thing as the team comes up. Obstacles will attempt to stand in the way of vision, and I think the two biggest obstacles are lack of unity and negative and critical voices. Those are the greatest obstacles to vision.
to be able to say we can't do this. You know, we have a vision to build a gymnasium out here. If you want to write the check, we will accept it today. We've had that vision probably for 15 years and pressing in. It hasn't come to pass because, oh, it's too big, it's too great. Not for the God that we serve. And so uh, there's a lot of things. and I, I could go off, but, <laughs> but we wanted to give you an opportunity. And I know there's people that are here for the very first time. And if you're a first-time visitor, welcome to Refuge. And the most important thing that I could share as we conclude this service for me personally, and I believe that represents the heart of God, is that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. One that is meaningful. One that is not just some religious connection, but not a heart connection. Because Jesus wants to connect with you as a person and reveal himself to you for who he really is. You can know him. You can experience his love, his peace, his joy. You can experience his love that manifests through forgiveness. To know that you can be forgiven of your sins. To know that you can receive the promise of eternal life. You don't have to search the world to find the fountain of youth so you can live forever. All you need to do is receive Jesus and you will receive eternal life and live forever. So this morning, the big question from the theme verse we shared with you is, do you know God? Do you know God? It's the most important thing in life because the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. I want you to bow your head this morning and as as we do, I want you to open your heart to what the Spirit of God is wanting to do in you right now. And if you're here and you say, Pastor, I've never really accepted Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I've never really put my faith in Him. You may have believed in God. You may believe in Jesus, but you have not accepted Him. You have not surrendered your heart and life to Him. Well, my challenge to you today, and my invitation to you today is to open your heart and say, Jesus, I want to know you as my God. I'm willing to surrender my heart to you. I'm willing to turn over my grief, my pain, my sin, my heartache, my brokenness, my pain, all the junk in my life. I'm willing to turn that over to you. Oh, yes, he wants it. He wants to take that. In exchange, he will give you life. He'll give you forgiveness of sins. He'll give you a relationship that's meaningful, that's real. If you're here and say, I'm ready to receive Jesus and make him the Lord of my life, I want you to lift your hand high so I can see it. If that's you this morning, if there's anyone, say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm, I'm ready to surrender to Jesus, to give my heart over to him, to receive his life. Thank you. Let's pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I open my heart to you and I receive Jesus as the Lord of my life. I believe he died for my sins and that he was raised from the dead to give me new life. 
Jesus, forgive me. Make my life what you want it to be. I surrender to you in Jesus' name. Now, if you pray that prayer sincerely, something is transpiring in your heart at this very moment where you actually receive the love of God. You receive his forgiveness. You receive the gift of eternal life, which literally transforms your human spirit, making you a new creature in Christ. Old things passing away, all things becoming new. There is new life in Christ. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. For more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages for free, visit us online at wearerefuge.net.